Cinema Obscura. You know, much like ghost stories around the shadows of a campfire, sometimes the true stuff of nightmares comes from what is imagined. On this episode, we take a note of a little gem, a compact film that really stood the test of time without a big budget or a star-filled cast. Set in New Mexico, a public relations man helps a struggling nightclub performer by putting some claws in their act, literally in the form of a black leopard on a sheep. I guess it might have been a panther, I don't know, but a rival engages in what some might call a real cat fight, frightening the animal that remains at large, and then there's a series of killings. We're talking about the horror film from 1943, the movie The Leopard Man. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and I'm joined by independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, I'm so glad we came across this movie. Kind of kind of a nice departure from graphic gore we've been talking about. A friend of mine, a comedian by the name of Chris Hale, told me about this movie. He said it was one of his favorites, so I figured I'd check it out. And I was very uh, pleasantly surprised, although after looking at the credits... Not quite a surprise because it is from the director of a movie that we have done before, mm-hmm. Night of the Demon. Right. That director, mm-hmm. uh, Jacques Tourneur. It's also produced by Val Luton and they had previously worked together on the movie The Black Cat. So mm-hmm. it's definitely got that pedigree of atmospheric horror as opposed to more visceral blood. And feline undertones. Yes. Going on there. A bit of a thematic tie. <laughs> You know, um, a few movies uh, I understand until this one actually looked into the dark world of serial killers. Yeah, this is one of the first to accurately try to portray serial killers on film, at least in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, the thing about this movie is it's it really puts you in the mood. If And you really have to, I think, it's very effective if you see it in a dark room. You turn and, all the uh, lights off and pull the shades. Yeah, and I did actually, and <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, there's a scene where a girl is trying to get home, and she's under like a rail bridge, and mm-hmm. there's the train coming. But like, it's a very effective jump scare because you don't know if it's like the train or something else. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but up to that point, it's a very moody sequence uh, between the lighting and sound. How it's uh, directed, put together, everything just works to a very unsettling end. I like movies where you're actually kind of straining to see what's going on in the darkness. You know, this is one of those movies. I do to a point, but uh, in this case, it's very the, the lighting is very. It works because sometimes it's in in some movies it doesn't quite work that well. For something like this, definitely it's uh, it kind of helps as long as you know that uh, thing becomes more clear. But there are a lot of movies I've seen where <laughs> the lighting is just such a problem. It's just dark all the time. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. But this is actually really just top-notch. And the fact that it, that it is in black and white uh, really, I, I think, lends to the whole mood. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. Yes, it stars uh, Dennis O'Keefe. He later uh, done a TV show of his own. Um, you know, really? one of, yeah, the Dennis O'Keefe show. Uh, also, Gene Brooks is his girlfriend, Kiki, a, a nightclub singer, and Margot as her rival, Clo-Clo, who had those <laughs> cast nets that <laughs> annoyed the heck out of me. You know, I'm glad I was not the only person because, you know, it opens with the cast net sound. Yes. And then it kind of puts you in the mood for, uh, you know, this nightclub act that, that's going to happen. But, man, 
I mean, she's even in scenes where she's walking and she's using she the cast. She uses them, yeah. And I, I know the whole thing is to intentionally just get on people's nerves because she's a very abrasive character. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, here's the thing about this movie. It's a very tight uh, 66 minutes and yet they manage to pack in so much characterization that you – like even clo you still manage to – feel for her she had there there's depth there because mm-hmm. even though she's doing things like scaring that leopard she's very defensive she's trying to protect her own position she's trying to support herself yeah kind of a, a tragic story involving the 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 leading cast members uh dennis o'keefe just about every scene he has a cigarette going and you know it is 1943 so all the guys are going to wear hats and they're going to smoke yes. but uh, he died of lung cancer at the age of 60 yeah and uh, also uh, another note on him uh, after the leopard man he would do some comedy in 1945 Brewster's Millions that is a, a favored uh, version of that movie for for some people Jane Brooks began her career as a singer and then she was in The Seventh Victim she played a devil worshiper in, in that movie from 1943. And sadly, she also died young. She was only 47 when she died. Uh, complications from drinking. And she had the misfortune of dying on the same day as JFK's funeral. So nobody oh, wow. nobody knew about her death that day because we were all absorbed in what was going on in Washington. That's kind of like what happened to Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, yeah. Had the, she had the misfortune of dying hours before Michael Jackson. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. Uh, we have a clip from The Leopard Man. We do. O'Keefe's character, Jerry, has a theory that, okay, so the leopard gets loose thanks to Clo-Clo and murders a girl, or so it seems. That first murder pretty much can be attributed to the leopard, I guess. But later on, there are these other murders, and O'Keefe's character, uh, Jerry, starts to kind of think that something doesn't add up. He's learning more about leopards, and he's thinking, maybe this is not what it seems. You said that the leopard would head for open country, did it? wouldn't stay in the city sure certainly but what's that got to do with this well why did it come here and why didn't it stay here it's got trees and bushes here outside nothing but cement and asphalt jerry i talked to you about the habits of an ordinary wild leopard this leopard's another matter entirely a caged animal traveling around with charlie how come for years and years that's why it kills human beings why it doesn't know how to hunt its natural prey yes but it doesn't doesn't eat what it kills caged animals are unpredictable they're like frustrated human beings i can't answer your question that's why it just mauls and tears them something wrong with this whole setup yes there is something wrong people who want publicity and don't mind how they get it what risks they make other people run what agony and sorrow they bring to other people i know all that chief i don't like it any better than you do but there's something else now look just Jerry. a minute robles let him go on well, I can understand how the cat could kill the first girl. Charlie Howcome told me. All that noise and those lights, scared crazy, would do anything. But there was nothing to frighten it here. Nothing but a little girl in the cemetery. What are you getting at? Nothing much, only that it might not be a cat this time. Hmm. Yeah, so that is, as Jerry is piecing things together and becomes this kind of reluctant hero of, of the picture. Kind of like in Night of the Demon, where Dana Andrews' character was just sort of drawn into this mystery involving Satanism. Here, Dennis O'Keefe's character is just drawn into trying to figure out. And also, there's a subplot about just how emotionally guarded he is. Mm -hmm. He and his his girlfriend talk about that. That one feels a little underdeveloped because they have only so much time and there are quite a few characters and most of the victims are uh, 
women of color from uh, poor backgrounds and it should feel exploitative. But because this movie takes time to empathize with everyone, it doesn't mm. because there is a lot of development and it just feels organic. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And and you were mentioning how compact this movie is, just a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. But you don't feel cheated at the end of it. You don't say, is that all there is? Yeah, it doesn't feel rushed, which is amazing because a lot of movies that are that short – and, you know, there were quite a few then. This was before 90 to 120 mm-hmm. became the norm. Yeah. But yeah. this is a movie that even though it's so short, I guess there's, there's just enough story for, for the length and it doesn't overstay its welcome. But at the same time, it doesn't feel hurried. Yeah. Can you imagine going to the movies today and expecting to see a double feature? You know, that's what they had back in the 40s and 50s and, and early part of the 60s too. Yeah. I've only ever been to one actual double feature it was years ago was uh, spider-man and men in black 2 and men in black 2 was actually very short yeah uh, to its detriment to be honest because again some movies can be shorter and uh, it works and mm-hmm. some movies kind yeah. of uh, try to pack too much into 76 minutes and it, well, it, it fails i tell you it, it, it is a good thing for the concession stand that's that's for sure with two movies and what uh, what Drive-in movie theaters survive these days. They're always showing double features, so that's oh, yeah. something to keep in mind uh, with your family if you if you live in an area that actually has a drive-in. I would love to go over one of those. you got to check it out. Yeah. The Leopard Man, and it's fairly easy to see, isn't it? It is. It's on the internet. It's not really commercially uh, easily available, but it's available to find on uh, on sites, you know, just – just Google it, and it'll come up fairly quickly. Or if you like, you can use Bing. Yes, or that. <laughs> Thanks, Andre. Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy, along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the uradio.com app on Apple Podcast, wherever you get your favorite shows. Thank you for listening, and one more mention, Andre, before we close it out, how people can stay in touch with us. Yes, we are on Twitter. Check us out at C Obscura Pod. We post a lot of stuff about movies. We post about movies in general, cult movies, definitely, mostly cult movies. Just kind of try to talk to you, get a sense of what you think of the podcast, the movies we cover. Get some suggestions as well, definitely suggestions, because we love talking about movies. And you will always get a response. Definitely. See you next time. See you. Men are all fools.